Welcome to the Podluck, serving up bite-sized tastes of the best theology. I'm your host, Megan Westra. Grab a plate and let's dig in. recap episode from season one of the podluck. I just want to say thank you all so much to everybody who uh, contributed to the Kickstarter, to everyone who has listened along, who has shared episodes, who has left a rating or a review this first season. It feels like it's been certainly a learning experience for me. I'd never run a podcast before, but a really good learning experience and a really fun learning experience. And so I appreciate all of you being along for the ride as I figure out how to do this. So today I just wanted to take a few minutes at the end of this first season before we move on to our next subject uh, in season two, which will start in a few weeks. Um, I wanted to take a few minutes to just kind of say like, okay, like let's recap, let's look back and see, because we have heard a lot this quarter, um, this quarter, like it's a school or something like that, um, (laughs) a lot this season. And I think that that's a really good thing. Um, the reason why I wanted you to hear from so many different people and so many different positions is that. I think that theology is at its best when we include a plurality of voices and multiple opinions and ways of seeing and doing things. And the point is not to then decide, okay, well, this person is right and this person is wrong. This person is completely off their rocker. This person can say nothing wrong. Uh, One of the kind of axioms that I live my life by is you critique your favorites that we go about our theology listening to those whom we agree with and looking for the ways in which there are missing the mark and we listen to those whom we disagree with and we look for the ways in which even they are getting it right sometimes. So I hope that as you've listened to this first season of the Podluck that you've found people whose voices you resonate with deeply. Um, Hopefully some of them are new voices for you. Um, that you've found people whose voices challenge you um, and that are really ch- difficult for you to figure out, okay, what do I do with this? How does this impact my faith? How do I integrate this into my practice and the way that I follow Christ? I hope that you've found people whose voices make you feel maybe less alone or who raise further questions for you. So the point is this. At the end of this first season where we have heard People like Lisa, Sharon, Harper share with us that like the gospel has to be good news for the poor and for the oppressed, which just makes me want to stand up and shout and be like, yes and amen, right? And then we've heard from people like Porter who have reminded us that this is deeply rooted in story and in narrative and we can trace our understanding of salvation all the way through to people like David, who have helped us think about what does it look like to demythologize our salva- understanding of salvation, to people like um, like Daniel White Hodge, who have encouraged us to think about our salvation and how we think about salvation um, in ways that you know we wouldn't normally consider, um, you know, in like a cosmic sense, even um, to people like um, like Kathy, who have encouraged us to think about salvation as how does it impact 
our our lives, our breath, our body? How does it shift? What does it look like to parent as we um, think about our shifting faith? To people like Karen who have encouraged us to think about salvation and how it affects the community, how it defa- um, demands a public witness. To think about things like Cherith shared. Um, what does it look like to be a people of God, to to hold on to a Trinitarian view of salvation, to think about uh, the role of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in our salvation, to think about um, things that Dominique Gilliard shared with us, and good news for those um, who are incarcerated, good news, again, for poor, for the oppressed. Um, and, and what does our understanding of salvation have to say to people um, who are living in in communities that are often overlooked. And so as you complete this season and you look back on all of the different voices that we've heard from, different people that we've heard from, I want you to consider what is one gift that each person offered in their viewpoint and what's one challenge from each person that there are both of those in every episode of this. And the challenge as we try to think theologically about things is not to say, I found somebody who I agree with completely. That's not what we're looking for. The challenge is to say, this is what's good. And to take what's good and to leave the rest. Or to take the thing that you're like, I don't know about this. And then to make a really good critique of it. To use even what you disagree with to drive you further into your own examination of what you do actually believe. So thanks for tuning in. And I hope that as you reflect back on the episodes that you can think through some of the things that you liked, some of the things that challenged you. Uh, Go back through the show notes. And for those guests who have also authored books, I would encourage you to pick up their work and continue to dig into the ways in which they're thinking and writing theologically and thinking through um, what does it, both the question of like, what does it mean to be saved? And like, what does it mean to bear witness in the world? I wanted us to start here with what does it mean to be saved? Because for so many of us who are trying to follow the ways of Jesus in this world, the way that we think about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a like saved person deeply impacts everything else from there. So in the coming seasons of the Podluck, we're going to look at different passages of scripture, different theological questions. But I wanted to start here to give us a baseline, to kind of cut our teeth on answering questions at the heart of a question that matters a whole lot. So thanks for tuning in. And if you have suggestions about what questions or passages in the Bible or whatever you would like to hear addressed in future seasons, then go ahead and drop an email. Um, I'll put the link to the email address in the show notes, but it's podluckpodcast.megan at gmail.com. Podluckpodcast.megan at gmail.com. And you can drop your suggestions for passages of the Bible you'd like us to look at, different theological questions or topics. I would love to hear your thoughts. The second season will start in um, just a few weeks. We'll take a few weeks off, record those episodes. Those will start um, in the spring. We're going to be looking at Matthew 25. If I or when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And when I was sick and in prison, you came and visited me. And whatever you did to the least of these, you did unto me. That passage.
In the meantime, if you are looking for content to spark your uh, imagination or to help you think through things spiritually, I am doing a daily blog reflection called Lent-ish during this season of Lent for those of you who observe. It's the 40 days leading up to Easter. Um, So we are on day three today of that. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes for that as well. You can read on my website, meganwestra.com. Um, and then click the Lentish tab, or you can sign up and the Lentish reflections will go directly to your inbox if you are into that sort of thing. So that's what I'm going to be doing over the next uh, 37 more days. Uh, After that, then the next uh, season of the Podluck on Matthew 25 will start dropping this spring after Easter. And that's it for me for now. Thank you so much for being along for the ride as we examine the question, what does it mean to be saved? This has been The Podluck. I'm your host, Megan Westra. Join us again in late April as we look at the question of what does it look like to read Matthew 25 faithfully and apply it to our lives today. Mm-hmm.